as you know what we're talking about, right? You guys remember the whole basic foundation? Gina likes me to review because she forgets. I tell her every night before we go to bed, Gina, what are we talking about in Sunday school? You guys remember? The big picture is, just think of the word stop. Stop. We're on the S. You guys remember what these stand for? Seek. You guys better get that one. Trust. Obey. Praise. Okay. This is the foundation of our walk with Christ. So we're, we've, when we started this class, we went right back to the basic principles of the Christian walk. Because we're all here, we want to grow deeper in our walk with Christ. We want a more intimate relationship with Christ. And this is the foundation. And really, this, it begins right here. I can guarantee you, if you're not seeking God, you're not growing the way He wants you to grow. It's that simple. It's that simple. That's why I'm putting such an emphasis on this week after week after week, trying to make a case, trying to plead with you as if it were Christ up here saying, Seek the Father, seek me, because I'm going to take care of the rest. All right? It's far too easy in my life, our lives, where we start drifting into the concerns of the world, uh, pleasures, whatever it may be. And before you know it, we're not seeking God. All right? Our minds are on earthly things, as he says in Ephesians. So we have to change, we have to guard what's going into our, our minds. We talked about that last time. But, so we're on seek, and again, that's why I make my case time after time, because this is the foundation of growing in Christ. This is where we will gain all we have in Christ. We start to realize who we are in Christ, all He's given us. It changes the way we live our life. So, um, practically... How do you seek God? How are you seeking God? What do you do? Just give me a fundamentals. I, I'm up here saying seek God. We've talked about it. I don't go back to the practicality of it. What do you do, hopefully, every day? Read His Word. Read. Read His Word. So tell me, what does that look like for you? A Mark, tell time me. of no distraction, being able to read. So not with the TV playing or the kids running around or, you know, just sitting in a waiting room or a lobby or something waiting on an appointment with stuff happening, but going off into a secluded area, which is difficult for me because a lot distracts me. <laughs> right. Um, absolutely. He's identified exactly what we need to do, set aside a time of isolation where there's no distraction daily, and you, you read your word, do you have anything else? Is it just the Bible? How, how do you guys go about it? Tell me what others do. Is there certain passages? Is there, do you go through book by book? Do you have a devotional? What do you do? Go ahead. I have a, one of the daily <coughs> word Bibles that has 365 days, okay. and so it, it has them already marked out, and you read a certain amount each day. Okay. And, but I also use my other Bible if I'm questioning something, you know, that I'm not really sure about. 
Good. So it's almost like a study kind of period Good. for me too, so, followed by prayer. Good. Okay, excellent. So she is searching the word. If something doesn't make sense or you don't understand it, you're going maybe to a different version or other verses in the scripture to help. Mm -hmm. That's really meditating on the word. So you get an isolated place, get the word, maybe a devotional, you read it. What else? What do others do? Yeah, Lori. I have a, um, <clears throat> this is regarding prayer, not Bible study, but I really enjoy this. Um, I have three um, guides, and I think all three of them come from Nancy Lee DeMoss from years ago, and I've had them for years. One is 30 Days of Praise, and so, and I share this with the kids too, I'll do my morning devotional, like if it's the 25th, there's a thing to praise God about, there's 31 day things to praise God about. So I start my morning with looking at what Wonderful. day it is, mm -hmm. and what am I praising God for that day, and then I just focus on that. But then the next thing is, um, this guy right here needs a lot of prayer. No. <laughs> <laughs> have, um, All husbands I have, uh, do. <laughs> I have like uh, praying for your husband, and so um, that's got like some certain things, but then I have a praying for your children. So that's just really quick, like it just focuses my prayer, mm -hmm. and then I'll just, whatever the Lord brings to my mind about other things in our home or missionaries and things like that, but that just guides my prayer time, and then I don't, I'm not following a devotional, I'm just reading a book of the Bible. Okay. And um, then I do that same thing with the kids later on during the day during school. We start our school day with that. Wonderful. Um, but I'll tell them what the praise, what the um, character attribute of God that we're thinking of about that day, and, and then we're reading through a different book of the Bible. Okay, good. So we got isolated time alone, daily meditating on the Word, bringing prayer into it, looking at who God is bring it into our day, right? You should do it with your children, with yourself. Fantastic. Yeah, Liz. I always do the, the Proverbs of the day. Is that it's a whole chapter or just one a whole chapter? A okay. chapter based on what day it is. So okay. the first of the month and you read mm -hmm. Proverbs 1. one. I try to read the Psalms of the day, but usually when I start doing that, I get parked on one Psalm for a long time because there's just so much in it right. that you can't just read it and kind of breeze through it. Okay, but, good. I also just got Paul David Tripp's um, New Morning Mercies for Christmas, and I am really loving that. It's been good. fantastic. So you got some great ancillary stuff to help focus your time in the Word. Um, but right, the Lord, you know, this is more than a checklist, right? This isn't, oh, I did my Bible study for today, and I'm off to the next thing. This is intently seeking God for Him to communicate with us, to change us, to change the way we think to think like him so we go out in the world as his light um, but yeah he may park us on one verse one chapter for many many days as we seek his heart and mind and he's working <coughs> in us good anything else I'm the type Holly. of person that needs a lot of accountability and so um, I like to do Bible studies you know, so I'm signed up to do this one Mm -hmm. um, because my time with the Lord is, is the homework mm -hmm. for that um, Bible study. And, um, you know, but, but right now, not, not having that, um, John and I go, we have a small group that we're a part of. It's just a few minutes away from our house. We meet on Monday nights. And right now we're going through the book of Daniel. And so he tells us, you know, what, what passage we're doing the, the following Monday. And then we both spend the whole week uh, devouring that one chapter because um, our small group we, we like to debate 
<laughs> and um, so we really like to, you know, the historical background and, you know, meanings of words and just really kind of doing an inductive study of that, mm -hmm. of that chapter so that we're ready for the next week. And um, then that's nice because we're doing the same thing and, you know, during our time together in the evenings we're able to sit down and talk, talk about what we individually in our time with the Lord with that passage have, have discovered. So. Come on in. <coughs> Welcome to the light. <laughs> found the light. The light is shining on you right now. Have a seat here. Any no. Anywhere. Okay. It's hard to find Mexico in the winter, for sure. Although, <laughs> well, Michael, it seems like every other Sunday we're either frozen out or cooking. Sunbeams in through. What a beautiful, like familiar face. Right? Thank you, Mark. <laughs> All right. At least I know somebody in the room. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, he, great. I, I so, scared him off already. <laughs> so, Mark, can you introduce? Well, we know each other from choirs. This is Michael oh, and okay. I. Well, Michael Wise, Cullen, and my wife, Betsy. Yes. All right. Good to have you guys here. Thanks. We're from the wise, the three wise men were descendants. We're frankincense. <laughs> oh, so, I was going to introduce, like, if he was talking about the, you know, I was going to call you Frankenstein, but I guess you look a little better than that. Well, good to have you here. Thank you. We're, we're reviewing, I, I'm Justin Anderson, one of the teachers, but um, we're reviewing, we're going through the basic fundamentals of the Christian walk. Okay. And the first one is we're on seeking God. We've been there for 14 weeks, believe it or not. <laughs> but this is the foundation. Um, so we're talking practically how the class, the light, is seeking God. And we've got some great stuff that we're talking about. Holly was just, are, do you have any more to add to that? No, I was done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anything else? Any other examples? I have uh, a new one that I, because I've done the, you know, read through the Bible in a year where it takes some of the New Testament, some of the Old yep. Testament, the Psalms and the Proverbs, which mm -hmm. I love, I, I do love that one, but a new one that I'm trying out is, um, it's read the Bible through the year in the chronological Bible. Okay. Which right. is really oh, an see. interesting take on it because it throws everything right. out of whack and it's also a study Bible and on top of it, I got my good old John MacArthur study Bible I can add to it good. if I want to, um. But uh, talking about the prayer one, I had a question if anybody has ever tried it. Have you, is it Tony Evans writes the one, Praying Through the Names of God? Hmm. I've not heard of that. that one. Yeah. I thought that one looked pretty neat. I mm -hmm. thought that might be a nice bolster. I, I did a little, the U version on the phone. That's what I've been doing a lot lately. And he had one there. He searched uh, the ad up a lot of the studies. I think Tony Evans is one of them. It's like getting from a uh, five day to a whole month worth of uh, devotions on it. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, Miranda. Robert gets a good grade, um, but he uses his cell phone. And, um, yeah. But I, uh, Technology. I need prayer. <laughs> I, I, it's just the time, working full time and trying to take kids to activities and clean the house. It's not, not an excuse, so mm -hmm. I just need prayer to... Right, and I think that's... You're probably I'd voicing 90% like, of our... I'd like to do the daily thing. I do, mm -hmm. I just... Right. And oftentimes we can get even doing good things for God. And that's wonderful, but He wants our heart. And then when He has our heart, from there it's His Spirit. Like He told them, Acts 1-8, 
wait for the power to come upon you, the Holy Spirit, then go out. You know, we need the Holy Spirit in us, directing us, empowering us, enabling us to do His work, His way, and that happens in our quiet time. <clears throat> but it's easier to be Martha sometimes. Oh, it's much easier. It's much easier to do, 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 and you get instant gratification, <coughs> etc. But we really have to, I think even pastors, missionaries, can get into just the service and they're spending all their time serving, 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 but really the Lord wants our heart and it's His power that serves through us. It's the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we receive all the contentment, all the joy, we're not burned out, and He gets all the glory. It's not man's effort. Our effort is our time with Jesus. That's where we put in the effort. That's why I say that's where the battle is won, is on our knees. That's where our minds are changed. It's on our knees, in prayer, quiet time, devotional time. So if we're finding ourselves you know, wondering, wow, what is this Christian life? I read all this, it's not happening to me. What's going on? I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I can't forgive, I'm unsatisfied. You know, really, it's going to go back to this, seeking God. Not the things of the world. It's seeking God. And in that time with Jesus, His Holy Spirit permeating and changing us, that's when that's where the real change takes place. Very good. You mentioned accountability. Who's keeping you accountable? Any thoughts on that? I'm going back to the fundamentals here, but who's keeping you accountable? I think that's huge. I've been down and out, so my accountability has <coughs> been met. And I think it's it's negative thing not meeting. It has for both of us. Mm-hmm. Talk we need to do because I, you know, my life's changed it's a little different. Right, than right. Six for me, but but I think even being down and out, not having accountability, but maybe I, my focus can't be in the word. Like I haven't really been really consistent because mm-hmm. my, my head is messed up with all the stuff going on, the mm-hmm. injury and stuff and medicine yeah. that I've been on. And, but uh, seeing, paying attention to what God's doing, that's huge. I mean, the testimony you guys have been through this whole situation is probably more than. Wonderful. Be right. reading something because if you just read it and don't do nothing with it, right? It's that's it's useless. Mm-hmm. But seeing it lived seeing out, it. I think it's so much more powerful too. Right. Does anybody is anybody's spouse their accountability partner, or does that create friction? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my back. Let me watch TV. Uh, I think that our families can tell when we're not spending the time we need with the Lord. We're going to be short, we're going to be angry, we're going to be reacting versus responding. I tell you what, your words will have far less power when you're not getting your time with Jesus and you tell your children to do it. They're going to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, right, Dad. Um, When you're in the Word with God and you speak, they're going to know. I see my dad in his office on his knees in prayer. That's what I need to do. You know, that's an impact. Like you said, you're seeing it. You're seeing it lived out before you. So we need accountability, absolutely. We can't go through it alone. Um, Spouses are wonderful. You have that relationship. Friends, small groups, you've got to get accountability. Um, Very good. Well, let me ask you this question. Would you say, honestly, are you spending more time with Christ now seeking Him than you were Four months ago. Yes? yes. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Wonderful. Okay. 
Justin, I have a hard time staying focused. Yeah. Um, biggest, my biggest downfall is that I watch too much news, mm -hmm. and I see too much going on in the world, mm -hmm. and it's very distressing. Mm -hmm. So when I go to the Lord in prayer, I have a tendency to pray about that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but staying focused, trying to, you know, in, instead of letting all that other stuff just kind mm -hmm. of pile up on me. Right. I've been told I'm too empathetic, and so I mm -hmm. have a tendency to do that. Right. Right. It's very hard to make the transition. If you, we are in the world constantly, and to make the transition into prayer time, focus time, it's hard. You know, like I could watch a ball game. I tell Gina, it's like I don't even really want to watch that ball game because it gets me so into the world, and then I'm trying to transition my heart and my mind whether it's the news or whatever, into my quiet time, there's a there's a period of time when I have to get refocused, absolutely. So I think that alerts us to how much we are spending our time in the world, you know, filling our mind with the things of the world. Nothing wrong with news, nothing wrong with the ball game, but there is, there is something about when we're in the world constantly to shift and change our focus. Can I, be. I thought last week when that poor little three-year-old was oh. lost in North Carolina, we were getting ready to load the truck and head south. <laughs> I really did. She was, she was that right. wrapped up in it. Right. So it alerts us we can pray and whatnot, but there is, you know, we've got to guard our hearts and minds. I told last time, we have to be discerning what we're putting in here because how we think changes the way we act and behave. And we have to line our thoughts up with who God is and who the Word is. <laughs> All right. So that leads me to... Um, I'm sending out a truth, hopefully once a week or thereabouts, and the, the first truth I started with was 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, some quick thoughts on that. Again, we're trying to draw closer to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This verse you could probably this first phrase you could probably spend years thinking of what meditating on this. Second Corinthians five seventeen Therefore if anyone is in Christ and I put I left it out there in Christ. What does that mean to be in Christ? How do we get in Christ? Prayer. Be accepted in your heart. Right. It, that's where it starts, right. Right? right? We say, I'm a sinner. There's a barrier between God and I. And Jesus Christ is that bridge. And we ask Jesus, hey, I've sinned. I deserve the Father's wrath. I can't make myself good enough. You took the penalty of my sin. I believe in you. And then we become in Christ. And in Christ has such power Revolutionize, revolutionize the way we live. So, I mean, you can go through the book of Ephesians, the end of Philippians. I mean, he's talking in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. What does that mean? Tell me, what are the benefits of in Christ so we can move on to seeking God? Well, what does it mean to be in Christ? We've accepted him into our heart. Connected. Yeah, rooted. Anchored. Anchored, right. What does that do for me, though? What it keeps you solid uh, uh, on in, a, a steady platform. If you're on solid ground, if 
Right, he's our solid foundation. Um, go to Ephesians. We talked about this if you guys were in the vineyard. But all you need to do is read the first chapter of Ephesians. So when I say we're in Christ, if you look through the scriptures and you find out what all that means, it, I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on. Um, what does he say right away? Blessed... It blessed us in praise be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing how in Christ and it just goes on and on um, you know we've received the forgiveness of sins the redemption through Christ in Christ so in Christ when it's, I was trying to think how simple can I put this in Christ when I am in Christ the Father looks at me as he looks at Jesus. So I have, I'm spotless. I'm holy, I'm pure, I'm blameless. There's no guilt. When I say I'm in Christ, I am in Christ. So the Father views me as he views his Son. Okay, I mean that's, to me that's incredible mm -hmm. to change our life. There's no guilt. I'm no longer guilty. And if the, the devil wants to throw guilt and condemnation, well, that's fine. It's not me. I'm no longer guilty because I'm in Christ. No longer am I not guilty. I'm holy, pure, blameless. Now, you may not feel these things, but that's the truth. Remember, we're trying to live by the truth, not feelings, the truth. So in Christ, as simple as I can put it, God is viewing us as He views His Son. So there's no wrath. There's no condemnation. We will be with Him in heaven for all of eternity <clears throat> because we are in Christ. And the list goes on and on and on. I don't want to... But when we start thinking about who we are in Christ, it's very freeing. It's very powerful to overcome sin. He's given us everything we need. Right? He'll meet all of our needs in Christ. So one of the truths we got to start thinking about is how God views me. There's no barriers if we know Christ. If we don't know Christ, our sin is the barrier. Mm -hmm. And the weight of that sin will fall on us. So, you know, and if you're wondering, well, am I really in Christ? If you have a desire to know Him, if sin stings you, you don't like it, you hate it, you have this desire to know who He is and live for Him, yeah, you're in Christ. Yeah. If you're missing that, we're, you know, then we have to take a step back and say, hey, wait a minute. Have I truly asked Jesus to come into my life because I'm a sinner and I can't escape? <laughs> I need you. I need the blood to purify me, forgive me. Um, and then that should promote a desire to know Him, love Him, live for Him. And, and again, the world will try to take that away from us, but underneath there's something there drawing us to Jesus. So that's in Christ. Yeah, Gina. Yeah. You know, that verse, <coughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a lot of Christians grow up memorizing that verse, right? right. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, the old has come. I mean, our girls have been quoting that for Romanos right. for ages, right? right? But it's a powerful verse that I don't think, I don't think most Christians actually do what you're saying. Like, think about what that really means and, and allow that to transform their life on a daily right. basis. 
after they're it's forgiven. Transforming. They believe the, in Christ as far as forgiveness of sins, but it's the whole rest of it, that we are a new creation. Right. So I just wanted to encourage everybody to really meditate on that mm-hmm. verse and think about what it means as far as life transformation. Right. If you're struggling in a certain area, bring it back, why am I struggling? And if it's sin in some area, you know, that's not who we are. And I have the power over that sin. God's given me, in Christ, the power over sin. Right? In Romans, sin shall no longer be our master, no longer have power over us. So we have the power to overcome sin in Christ. Mm. So when we look at what we're facing, nothing... If we... I think the weakness of the body of Christ... The weakness of Christians is we do not realize who lives in us and who we are in Him. That's why the church is weak. Mm. That's why we're not separated and called out holy because we don't realize this. And it's time to wake up and stop trying to fill ourselves with the world and the things the world tells us is good and start filling ourselves with the Word and be filled with the power of God who can do all things, right? Mm. So if we're struggling in any area, we need to get back to the Word, remember who we are. If we're in sin, that's not who I am. I have the power over it. God, I want you in my life more than anything. And we do it. And God changes us. That's His promise. He's not God if He can't do that. He's done it. He does it in my life, routinely, daily. So we must know the truth. Again, that was one truth, and you can meditate on that truth over and over and over who we are in Christ but it will if you're burdened if you're weak in an area and you want a way out I'm telling you it's in the word of God we've talked about how to seek him we went through all that you go to God God is so faithful so true to his word you will change Mm. and it's not going to happen overnight most likely some people are delivered immediately but most of us go through Day after day, the daily grind of seeking God. It's not easy. We talked about you have to give up something. But man, is it worth it. You'll get so much more in return. When you were Mark? talking, it made me think about, um, those are like a battered and abused kids or whatever who have, to, who have to go into court and, you know, point out the adult and mm-hmm. basically, like, accuse them. You know, of course, kids, they're mentally, they're not going to want to do that. Um, but there's a group of like motorcyclists, they'll get together, you know, big rough neck looking jokers mm-hmm. and they'll like give the kid a ride to the courthouse and stuff on motorcycles and they'll sit there with them, uh, with the kids to empower them basically, you know, they feel stronger and more of a backing. I mean, if, so if a bunch of bikers can do that for a kid, I mean, how much more can God do that for, his for kids. us? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's ready, he's willing, and he's calling out to us day after day after day. But it's so much easier to pick up the phone and get on Facebook or turn on the TV. That stuff isn't going to change us, or if it does, it pulls us away from Christ. So, and I plead before God for you guys, as I do myself and my children, that we have such a consuming desire that it overcomes all of the world's false allurements and draws us to the Word, to Jesus. The discipline, the desire, um, and you're going to be changed. Mm. I mean, you pr- probably all of you can already say it, yeah. It changes me when I'm in the Word. Um, 
it's his promise. So anyways, that's the first truth, and you think about that, but yes, it goes on to say we're a new creation, the old has gone. So another truth is when we're in Christ, it's not the old, it's not the old Justin Anderson, it's not the old Shane Amos, that's gone. I'm new, so I'm not patched up. It's not, oh, Justin Anderson patched up, now I've added Jesus into my life. No. Justin Anderson's gone. That's done. Now it's Jesus Christ. New. In me. So we have to understand it's not just the old fixed up. The old is departed. That gives us power over sin to know who we are. Anyways, again, we could go on and on that forever. Uh, but I posted that. and I'm going to try to post truths. If you come across a truth that's really changing you, post it. I'm not a Facebook guy, but those people who go to Facebook, you know, I'll, I'll put it on there. Um, because the truth will change us. We know that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So, okay. Here we are. Back to our study. We talked about seeking God, right? And we're talking about the rewards. Sort of almost what we're talking about now. The rewards of seeking God. Hebrews 11.6. Who has that? Hebrews 11.6. Remember we talked about that last time. Um, seeking God, the rewards. What does 11.6 say? Anybody have that? But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay. So, God is telling us, this is the word of God, that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I think all of us want God to reward us, right? His rewards? Wow, it's better than a trophy or a check. His rewards are for all of eternity. Um, so, okay, so he promises to reward us as we seek him. Now, there's two conditions here. What are the keys? What are the keys when you read that? There's two conditions. We have to have faith. Faith, exactly. So, the rewards will come. We need faith. Where does faith come from? From hearing the word of God. All right, that's in the scriptures. And it's a gift of God, right? And it comes from here. And it comes from hearing the word of God. Hence, we've got to get in the word of God. Our faith will grow. If you don't have the faith to believe who you are in Christ, ask for it. He'll give it to you. Okay? So, faith, right? And what's the other one? You so, have to actually seek him right you have to actually see, and how diligently diligently earnestly so faith and seeking uh, his says diligently mine says earnestly okay so these are the requirements to the these rewards of God um, Justin they always have in the Bible abide in him Mm -hmm. Remember you, you referenced the other one in Second Corinthians. Yeah, five seventeen. Five seventeen. Yeah. So is that word? Is that part of this too? I mean, you always have to abide in Him before you can have faith. Um, I think as we abide, we're given more faith. Okay. And abiding is like seeking. I mean, but abiding is almost a continual. And I have that on here as one of my rewards because when we do abide, when we do seek, John fifteen. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we are uh, the vine. He's a, we're the, he's a vine, we're, we're the, the branches. branches. Gotcha. Okay. And we can do nothing apart from him, That's it says, right. but when he's in us, he will bear fruit. That's it's right. the power of the Holy Spirit bearing fruit as we seek him. Okay, so we need to look at our life and say, okay, how's my faith? Am I really believing God who is who he is? Is he really going to do what he says he's going to do? And we may have prayed over things for years, and he may not have answered the way we want, or he's silent. If he's silent, he's trying to get our attention, okay, to maybe work on a different area of our life. But he will increase your faith as you seek him, read the word, and diligently and earnestly. And I put down for earnestly, I looked it up, seriously. we got to go to him seriously, like this is serious business. In fact, this is the most serious business you have every day of your life, is getting with Jesus. That's earnestly seeking Him. Determined, intensely, with much importance, that's seeking Him earnestly. So this isn't like, oh, well, just going to, you know, maybe turn on the TV, read my Bible, uh, you know, play with the kids and read my... That's fine, I, you know, but this is this is the next level. I mean, this is... Getting alone, like Jesus did. He got away early in the morning. Mm. Okay? So when we seek Him, it's got to be earnestly and diligently. And then there's the rewards. Okay? So what's the first reward? I ask you guys to list some rewards. You did awesome. We got into the first one. The first one, does anybody have Deuteronomy 4, 29? And then we're going to be moving to Second Chronicles. But Deuteronomy 4.29. So now he says, I'm going to reward you. It's my promise. Now listen, if you can believe Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, if you can believe that, you never saw it, you've only read about it, then you have faith enough to believe who you are in Christ. Right? Same faith. Reading the Word, he's telling us. That faith is in you. Okay, so we got to believe, yes, it's there. Um, but what does it say in Deuteronomy 4? This is Moses now talking to uh, the Israelites. Deuteronomy 4. Um, so he's saying, hey, um, you know, idolatry is forbidden if you go into these lands and you do these things. Be careful not to forget the Lord, for the Lord your God is consuming fire, jealous God. If you, come, if you become corrupt, you're going to perish, etc., etc. If you go into the other lands, then in verse 28, there you will worship man-made gods of wood, stone, which cannot see, hear, or eat, or smell. How many of us tend to do that? Our heart is set on these things that can't do anything for us. Maybe a temporary pleasure, but nothing. And then what does he say in verse 29? We got that? Deuteronomy 4, 29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. First reward. What? And there's nothing greater. There's nothing on this earth that can compare with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's nothing on this earth that's going to last. Everything we're working so hard for here and now, it's all going to perish. We bring none of it with us. It can draw us away from Christ. There's nothing greater than, number one, finding God. Who is this God 
who created everything, the vast expanses of the universe. All these people, all of his power, and he says, you know what, I'm going to let you in to see who I am. It's like if you took the most famous person in the world, they said, Chris, come with me. I'm going to show you everything. How I did this, how much I have. Not only am I going to show it to you, I'm going to give it to you. This is what we have. God said, you seek me. God, we talked about that's one of the reasons to seek God, because he's God. You're going to find him, right? So back in the next one, um, I'm going to read this in 2 Chronicles 15. This is um, Asses. He was one of the kings of Israel, of Judah, I believe, and um, <coughs> prophet Azariah, this is chapter 15, came to him and said, um, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. All right. But in the distress, he goes on to say, Israelites, this is of old, the Israelites turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. Um, he says God was troubling them on every, with every kind of distress. Uh, and then it goes on to say, then Asa you know, heard these words, and he took courage. He called all Jerusalem together. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord. Listen to them. They sought the Lord, the Lord, the God their fathers, with all their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. They wouldn't seek the Lord. Then it goes on to say, they sought God eagerly. Remember how we're seeking God earnestly, intensely, eagerly? And he was found by them, so the Lord gave them rest on every side. Yeah, Rick. <clears throat> Not like just a found, like when you got saved, you found God, but it's a finding God in every situation. And so, to Mike's comment earlier about abiding, like this is a reminder up here when you find God. So, so like our spouses, like that's not you, that's not who you are now, you know, and you're not abiding in God. All that is what we could be thinking as a spouse, and then we could say something as simple as, Can we pray? Mm -hmm. Right, because that's how we find God, right? Can mm -hmm. we press reset here? Right. Can we do this from God mm -hmm. with God instead of ourselves? Absolutely. Um, as we seek God, He changes us. Absolutely. So, to me, that's that's where it all starts. My wife, you know, if I went out and said, "These are the problems. You need to fix them now," because they don't line up with the scriptures. Probably not going to go very far. <laughs> it's probably going to create more friction, and the further apart we grow, um, so there's a gentleness and a tenderness, and a love, that comes when we're before the Lord in prayer. That love comes out. That love compels the other person to change. You know, but it is. It's seeking God. That's why I say the battle is won on the knees in your closet, wherever you like to pray, because that that fills us with the ability to treat the other person as Jesus was, would, and, and lead them to Christ. It's not easy, and we all fail at this, um, but man, the more we do it, the more we see it happen. 
I mean, I don't know, over our marriage, I probably in the beginning would point out things. Of course, I've never done anything wrong. <laughs> um, so she didn't have to point anything out to me. But um, it's probably not that way anymore, is it? Because we've, we know that if I need Gina to change, I don't, you know, whatever, she's wonderful. So these are examples I'm trying to think, but... I would say what's happened in my life with her is I would pray or my children continue to pray, continue to pray, mm-hmm. and then allow the Lord to model that same behavior to her. And over time, there's a change. So can I give an example? A nice one. It's like which one? Yeah. No. <laughs> we're humble, we're open, or we want to be humble, so we're open. How about that? Um, but yeah, no, I, in the beginning of our marriage, I would see, Gina loved the Lord, uh, uh, but I would see her spending lots of time reading books and doing things that I thought, wow, maybe she should be using that time more in the Word of God. And I may have gently said a few things, but the, the Holy Spirit was like saying, no, that's not your business, that's my business. The Holy Spirit's business. You get on your face before me. You pray. You pray for her that she has a hunger and a tense desire for me. Years go by. Years go by. She starts changing, changing. And now I look at her. She's like teaching me. Mm. It's incredible. And she's in the Word. She's getting her time. I see her on her face before God. But it wasn't because I said, Gina, you need to do this. I know this is right for you. And I might have at some point, and I, and I would say it was the Holy Spirit that changed you. And that change has lasted. And she is who she is today, you know, because she sought the Lord. But it's an example, I guess, of getting before the Lord, Rick, in prayer, and not like my girls like to do when they pray. Because when we're in prayer as a family, they like to point out each other's problems. <laughs> and God, help her not be so mean. <laughs> so, but anyways, that's absolutely right. When we're seeking God, um, that's the way to go about it. But we find Him. And what, what do I mean by finding God? And this is what we're all driving. If you go back to the beginning, what is our purpose of this class? Is to know Him. Right? Find Him like a more special relationship. I think we should be striving for like that relationship that He had with Enoch where right. He just walked, walked, would walk with Him and mm-hmm. walked Him right up right. to heaven or something. There, there's a beautiful intimacy... When God starts revealing Himself, just like when you met your wife, I mean, you get to know that person. They start opening up. There's this intimacy as God opens up Himself to you, and you open yourself up to Him. There's this wonderful intimacy. So we find God. We begin to see who He is. Right? We begin to know God. That's the greatest thing of ever. What did Paul say? We read about it in Philippians. We studied it. All things are rubbish compared to the passing, surpassing greatness of knowing God. Moses said the same thing. 
David said the same thing. I mean, these are men of God. What do they want to do? Know him. And we can never know all of him, but he shows us more and more and more. So we begin to know God. He opens himself up to us. So he's going to open himself up like he did to Moses. Exodus. So you, this is, I'm just sort of showing you what will happen as you seek him. And you've probably all experienced this. Go to Exodus 34. I'm going to wind up here shortly, but Exodus 34. So before this, in 33, um, he says, this is Moses talking to God, 33.13, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Okay, and then the Lord speaks to him. Uh, the Lord shows him himself. Um, and then, then 34, so Moses chiseled out the two stone tablets like the first one. So God giving the law is revealing himself, right? The law reveals the character of God. But he chiseled out the first ones, went up to Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. God's going to show you himself. The Lord, he says, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers. So God reveals himself. He's going to reveal himself in this way, faithful, loving, kind. And remember what we said in Leviticus 10.3 when they offered the unauthorized fire, the two sons were immediately struck. And then the comments on that between Moses um, and his brother Aaron, Aaron's sons, but the comment was, I will reveal my, if you approach me, I will reveal myself holy. So what does that mean for us? That means when we come to him and his gentleness and his love, he's going to remind us of his mercy and his kindness and his compassion, but he's also going to show us his holiness. And when he shows us his holiness, he's going to show us who we are. So there's going to be, it's a time of pruning. It's a time when he says, you know, really that's not who you are. You know, whatever, we need to forgive or we need not to be angry. He's going to put his finger on that one thing. We're going to squirm a little bit, say no. We might even rationalize what they did this. He keeps coming back to it because he's holy. And in his holiness, he's going to reveal anything in us that isn't right. It's a wonderful process. Let it happen. Okay, so I know we got to get going here pretty soon. Um, so the first thing is, when we, with faith, and seek Him diligently, earnestly, we're going to find Him. And that's the greatest of all. When we find Him, He's going to start revealing who He is to develop this intimacy, this oneness. And that's the next question, or the next point. We're going to, we're going to develop an intimacy, a nearness, a closeness with God as we know, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you, from James 4.8. So we're going to move on to number two. Next Sunday it will be Rick. Um, I'm on call, so I won't, I won't be here. But next Sunday Rick will continue your, what you're doing, and um, then we'll reconvene with 
seeking God and the rewards of that. But we're going to get into the to this nearness, this intimacy um, with God and the cleansing, purifying process, the confidence and courage in our daily walk, the fruit bearing um, as we seek and abide in Him, how worries fade, seek ye the, the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, seek Him first, His righteousness, all these things will be given unto you. And we got it backwards, don't we? Seeking the things of the world, the prestige, the prominence, the money, the peace of the world, it's never going to happen or satisfy. So as we seek Him, He's going to provide all this other stuff. Our worries fade. Um, I love it in, in Acts when, I think it's the Pharisees, took note that these men had been with God, their confidence and their courage, the boldness they had. These men had been with Jesus. You know, these are some of the rewards of seeking God. We go out into the world with boldness and confidence. And people know, because God opens their eyes to see it. And that's how we're the light. So anyways, we're going to continue on with the rewards of seeking God. But the greatest of all is we find Him. And then everything's an outpouring from that relationship. All right, very good. Well, I'll close us in prayer. Father, we are grateful, so grateful, that you shed your blood for us to make a way that we can have this nearness, this closeness, that we can see you and your holiness, your absolute purity, and love that reaches down and rescues us, cleanses us, makes us new, sets us apart for your holy work, your holy purpose. How blessed, how privileged are we, Father, as your children. May we never take those graces for granted. May they grow and grow and grow and change our heart and our mind, the way we view you, the way we view ourselves, the way we view others. Pour out your love in our hearts for you for each other pour out a spirit of obedience within us and our children God that our children would grow up knowing you standing for you bringing you glory in your name we pray amen amen alright thank you Justin yeah you bet thanks for coming guys